Hey everybody, Mike Lejeune here with Game Changers for Government Contractors, and I'm very excited about this. We've got Scott Jensen on here from the NBSBC to talk a little bit about the organization itself, and more importantly, in this particular podcast, we're going to be talking about the upcoming conference that is in May. Scott, without further ado, why don't you jump in and tell everybody a little bit about who you are and kind of what you do. Thanks, Mike. As we were talking before we started recording, real excited to get a chance to talk with you. I really respect the work that you and your partners do and everything, and it's an honor to be able to join you. As you said, I'm Scott Jensen. I'm the executive director of the National Veteran Small Business Coalition, and actually what a lot of people don't realize is, and the NVSBC Education Foundation, which is actually a 501c3 that's strongly affiliated and connected to NVSBC, the coalition itself. I'm a retired Marine colonel that went into the nonprofit space when I retired a few years ago and never thought I'd be in government contracting, kind of went into the nonprofit space. And then miraculously, a few years later, I, my path crossed with this great organization focused on government contracting, frankly, in a way that I didn't know anything about. We do a poor job of uh, really, I think, informing veterans and others of the opportunities that exist in the small business government contracting space. So very excited to have been three and a half, almost four years now, learning about the needs of veteran small business, what it means to be a small business owner, the challenges, and then playing what I think is a rather significant role as an organization in the supporting growth and business opportunities to help veterans be successful. That's awesome. You mentioned being Marine Corps. I find it odd how many Marines I run into that are small business owners. If, if I were to look at how many are with all the other branches combined, it might come close to the Marines. But for whatever reason going on in the Marine mindset, you guys <laughs> tend to come out a little bit stronger. I mean, yeah. I'm Army. Josh is Army. I know a lot of Army veterans that are in business, but I know a lot more Marines. And, yeah, isn't that uh, interesting? And particularly when you look at the ratio, right? The small number of Marines that serve compared exactly. to the, the giant army. I think that you hit on something that's it's the unique quality that makes small business owners successful is that ability to operate in an undefined space, an assumption of responsibilities and risks in ways that others don't necessarily feel comfortable in if they're going to be successful. I could go on and on and on about the qualities that you and I both know about successful small businesses. But in many regards, as a loyal and longstanding Marine, a lot of those characteristics are what the Marine Corps teaches of every Marine. Every Marine's a rifleman and every Marine's a leader. But those types of being able to operate in undefined conditions and make your own success and being able to succeed with very limited resources and very limited amounts of information kind of feed us into that small yeah. business success community. I'm glad you shared that because I've never really thought about that and why those ratios are like that. In, in the Army, we have a lot more resources, a lot more people than the Marines. The phrase you just used might be one of my favorite that I've heard on the podcast, You know, being able to operate in an undefined space because it <laughs> is so undefined. What I would say is it's self-defined. Right. And a lot yep. of people have yep. problems without that structure by saying, hey, you can do whatever you want. You can be whatever you want. And they're like, I don't know how to do that. I don't yep. know how to fill yep. in those blanks. Could you just do it for me? And like, well, I don't know what you're passionate about. I don't know what gets you out of bed every morning. You should know that. And they're like, well, there's 87 things. So how do I pick one? Exactly. There's a lack of that. And so for entrepreneurs, it is so hard. 
a lot of times for military to make that transition over and say, well, I get to make all these decisions, especially if this is the first thing you've done out of the military to have that much control over your life. That's a lot of control from very little control. You know, especially depending on your MOS, you may have had almost no control over when you get up or whatever. I was (laughs) at Fort Hood in the G2. It was literally like, I don't want to compare it to a college experience, but it was not your normal military. I worked for a a colonel who worked for a two-star. We just lived a different life than everybody (laughs) else on base. And so it wasn't that big a leap for me when I got out. I didn't have the hard transition that a lot of people do. And when I transitioned, I transitioned into a job where I was working for that colonel, but in government contracting. So it was like, Hey, my same old boss, all those kind of things, know how he works and functions. You know, it was just very different, but but it takes a certain amount of audacity, arrogance, and confidence too. Right. And we breed Marines from the beginning telling them, Hey, we don't think you can do it. We do that intentionally sometimes so that they say, oh, bull crap, I'll prove to you that I can do it. And, you know, it takes that same level of entrepreneurial spirit when you're the lone source there in a company that you're not sure is going to make it. And everybody tells you that the odds are stacked against you. You know, our Korean general that said, good, we're surrounded. We can attack in any direction, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. that is an arrogant optimism, I guess. I don't know how to put it, but uh, it's pretty wild. And it's why, you know, we are who we are these days. So why don't we jump in and... Give me just kind of an overview of some of the programs for NBSBC, its mission out there so people can understand. If you're struggling with your government contracting business, I want to encourage you today to go sign up for a free coaching session with me. You can go in the description of this podcast. There's a link to my calendar and you can go pick a time where we can sit down for 30 minutes, talk about what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, what you should change. And then if coaching makes sense for you, I'll actually go over the options on how you can get started with coaching so we can take your business to the next level. Now let's get back into this episode. MVSBC is structured really around three pillars and solely focused on veteran businesses that do government contracting. We want to provide the opportunities for training that the, a business needs throughout its life cycle for an individual who's just getting started as a government contractor all the way through to someone who is considering selling their company and retiring and sailing off into the sunset. That whole continuum of starting, growing, succeeding, taking the next step, and ultimately handing it off to the next veteran to extend their legacy. That training element is incredibly important to us. The second pillar is one that we're very well known for, but you hear a lot about it. There's lip service paid to networking or engagement. We take a little bit different path in how we do that and what that means to us. And and for those of you who are those who involve themselves with MDSBC, they understand when When they come to one of our activities, they realize rather quickly that we put people in the room that are going to matter to your business and your business opportunities. We create conditions where you get to interact with someone who is going to make your business better and ultimately is going to get you the next dollar or an extra dollar on top of the next dollar so that you can grow your business. And we, we pride ourselves in networking people into business opportunities and meeting the right people. That depends obviously on the business that they're in and the place they're in their life. That could be another small business who they need to learn from. It could be another small business that has a need that they can fulfill and they can partner. It could be a large prime. We have a lot of large primes that interact with us. 
who are looking for subs, who are looking to leverage an SDVOSB set-aside that they can get access to through uh, a veteran-owned small business. It's service providers, legal, attorneys, insurance, all, you know, that whole service provider, who can they trust? We want to put them in front of people that they know if they meet them at one of our events, that's a trustworthy organization that can give them the services they need. Then the third pillar, which is, again, we've had great success in the last two years and really important in our minds to be a representative of the veteran small business community is in advocacy and establishing a strong policy agenda and understanding the, the federal and the congressional issues that are out there and proposing issues that are going to help solve business problems and make it easier to be a federal GovCon, which I say easier. I'm surprised you didn't snort through your nose, Mike, because we all know how hard that is, but making it easier. So we do that through several dedicated programs that are continually growing. We have 15 different programs that we leverage. I'll hit on a couple. In February, we're hosting an annual Entrepreneurship Through Acquisition ETA discussion that this year we're actually expanding and we're bringing in and partnering with the Institute for Veteran and Military Families and the Baroni Institute at uh, George Mason University to present a full-day seminar on access to capital, a remote and in-person opportunity there that we're excited about. If you look at any of the surveys, any of the challenges that the veterans are reporting when it comes to small business, the top is always being able to get access to capital, being able to operate their company effectively being able to pay their employees, grow their company and getting access to do that. And we're, we're real excited about rolling that program out. We host monthly dinners and training academies here in the DC area, but also this year we've started expanding those opportunities to four different markets, Norfolk, Virginia, which we had a, an established presence a few years ago. COVID kind of slowed that down. We've reestablished that. Tampa, Florida, we've got a big growth going down there, Huntsville, Alabama, and San Diego. And this coming year, we're going to grow to four more markets. Uh, all that's been made possible through support from the SBA and a federal grant through the Community Navigator Program, as well as uh, J.P. Morgan Chase's foundation, saw what we were doing, liked what we were doing, and just invested a very significant amount of money to uh, help us support getting those programs rolled out. Part of that I'm real excited about is expanding our consulting slash counseling support to individuals. We've always done some level of counseling, but we're really formalizing our consulting program to give access to those who need it. So if you need something, pick up the phone, contact us. We'll get you scheduled. We're doing it right now. We're kind of building it as we go, but we're also right now helping GovCons that have issues and want to talk to a professional and talk to a professional about starting their business or doing the next market research to find the next multi-million dollar contract at a particular federal agency. We have expertise in our ecosystem that can help anybody at any level that they're at in their business get attached. Hand in glove with that is uh, we're kicking off a mentoring program and a pilot this year where we'll identify cohorts in each of those regional locations that we discussed, where we'll bring in less developed companies and owners and match them up with some of our more seasoned and successful owners in uh, cohorts that will help guide those companies that might be facing some barriers and help them get that first buck or get that second buck and hire more employees and get more contracts under their belt and start growing and succeeding as a company. Very excited about those two somewhat new initiatives that we've been working on this year. And the corresponding outreach to the regional level has been uh, real important to us. 
you know, we host golf tournaments in August where we have a great time and do a lot of networking and people get connected. And then I'm really proud. And, you know, Mike, this is the last time you and I saw each other of, of our awards system and awards program. We're the only organization out there that recognizes the federal agencies and the large government primes who meet or exceed their set-aside goals. And each year we award those organizations with a champion's award and an awards gala, and also then some individual advocacy awards, as well as small business and small business employee awards. We've grown that program in the last two years into something that's standalone and real. It's really neat, but it's also a, an incredible opportunity for 340 people to be in one room. And I go back to networking. Everything we do is designed to put people in a room where there's somebody else who can help them get their next buck, hire their next employee, get their next contract. I know, obviously, we're going to talk more about the actual conference. I won't touch on that right now, Mike, because I think we're going to take a little more time yeah. on that in depth. That's just kind of a yeah. glimpse of we've got newsletters, we've got policy letters that go out. Oh, and let me do talk about our advocacy program because we work very closely with an organization called Vanskoak and Associate, who's a leading government relations firm in DC. We've really established a great relationship with the congressional committee offices and personal offices federal agencies, and really have become one of the go-to organizations when someone is considering policies that affect veteran-owned small businesses to represent our constituents in a way that hasn't probably happened before. And we're very excited about that. What does that mean? Last year, as the certification was moving from the VA to the SBA, and became all-encompassing across the federal government. SBA didn't have enough money to fund that program for this year. And we were very proactive, you know, a year and a half ago in pushing for a $20 million budget increase for SBA, solely focused on that SBA certification program. And we got it, you know, so getting money available. This year, we've pushed very hard for an increase of the set-aside goal from 3 to 5%. And right now, the NDAA that's just coming out of conference and is waiting to go back to the, each of the houses for floor votes has sustained that 3 to 5% amendment, and it's looking good that that percentage is going to go up this year. Fingers crossed, hasn't happened yet, but we're hoping that by the February, March time frame next year, we're addressing how agencies are going to meet their 5% goal, not their 3% goal. That's awesome. You have so many programs, we could do a podcast on any of them. <laughs> yeah, that, that is for sure. You have a lot going on where a lot of organizations, a lot of nonprofits have one or two things going on. And you not only have a lot, you do a lot of it with excellence. You know, I was just yeah, at the thanks, awards gala. Not necessarily a plug it, but you know, my award. Yeah, that's look right at that award over your company, shoulder. <laughs> our, our, yeah, our, our company award that's sitting right there. And it's color, which is nice too. Yeah. It's nice and colored. Well, so you've got it's, the it's right. Beautiful. You've, got, award. you've obviously got some lighting going on back there too, Mike. Yeah. Just quintessential for you. But congratulations yeah. to RSM Federal, well deserved service organization advocate of the year. You guys, well, thank for, you. for all of the programs, are such great supporters and give away much more than you really should as business owners. But we all love you for it. And it was a well deserved award too. We appreciate that. And that was on Josh's birthday and everything. So it was a lot of fun. So that, that was good for him. And he got me in a suit and all that kind of stuff, which never <laughs> happens. But to your point earlier about the focus that you have around all your stuff, there's a focus of making connections. 
And not everybody thinks that way. A lot of people, their stuff is very siloed, but we came to the gala primarily. We were up for the award and all that kind of stuff. Just a little bit of networking. And we sat down with a handful of people afterwards and talked about doing business together. That was going on because of that mindset, because of the way you guys orchestrate all of that. And so even at an awards gala, that stuff is going on. So kudos to you and your team for having that mindset where I feel like your organization is not about you. It's about us. It's about the yeah, veterans. Well, thanks. It comes across very strong. It's about us and helping us to grow and connect and, and all those things you were talking about. And I really appreciate that about your organization. I actually, I put a post the other day on LinkedIn about my disdain a little bit for some of the conferences and the way I feel like they are starting to treat people. And that is not you guys. No. You guys are treating us like we should be treated. And I really respect that, which gets us into the conference discussion here. Here a little bit. Talk to me a little bit about the evolution of the conference over the last couple of years. We've got this one coming up in May, May yep. 20th through the 23rd in Orlando. Kind of give me the once over on the conference. Yeah, VETS conference, you know, V-E-T-S, Veteran Entrepreneur Training Symposium. You can make up all kinds of acronyms, but Easy. that's been our, you know, our gold standard. That's always been one of our focuses. I will tell you that in the last three to four years, we have seen growth and demand that far exceeds anything any of us ever really expected to see. What do I mean? Four years ago, there were 350 to 400 attendees at the conference. The next year, we had 400. The next year, we had 500 coming out of COVID. This last May, we had to shut off registration at 1,100 with 400 more on a wait list. We totally blasted the, the conference center to the point where we had to walk away from that venue and go to a much larger conference. Those are all, you know, those are outputs, right? Numbers, who, who cares? What, right. But what's built underneath that is a recognition and a desire to be present at the conference because of our ability to connect people with the right people. And to train and give people insights and inputs into tactical issues that will help them succeed in their business. We're very deliberate about the content that we put out. We're very deliberate about how we structure breakout sessions versus general sessions and how we really integrate networking and engagement throughout that process. There's something else that VETS has really demonstrated that's a little bit different in our approach than perhaps maybe some other organizations. And that's our insistence on focusing on the procurement side of the federal agencies when we engage. So we love our Ozdaboos, our small disadvantaged business offices. We interact with them. They're our friends and our partners. But the reality, and I think all of them would agree, that they don't spend a dime in federal contracts. Procurement decision makers, contracting officers, it's the procurement side that define what's going to be spent and how it's going to be spent and who gets to spend those dollars. And if we're not partnering with the Ozdaboo, you know, the Ozdaboo spend every day in those federal agencies pushing for set-asides, pushing for better engagement in the small disadvantaged programs and across all the set-aside categories. They're doing God's work out there. We see ourselves as a partner with the Ozdaboos in being able to get to the procurement side and bring them down to the conference and put them in front of our constituents and participants. For example, last year, we had over 100 VA alone procurement decision makers and contracting officers present, meeting with people, talking in breakout sessions, helping them understand how to get access to VA dollars. 
We did the same with the GSA. We're focused on DHS, HHS, helping and working with some of the agencies that aren't meeting their goals. And, you know, and if this 5% comes through, it's going to be even more challenging for them. So we don't want to just be the advocates who say, hey, increase the goal. We want to create conditions where we bring in organizations like the Department of Education, who's very interested, desires to increase their set-aside achievement. But we want to create conditions where they can come down and meet the right people to do that. Shannon Jackson at HHS, Ron Pierce at Department of Energy, all of those offices are working hard and we want to create and help them do that by connecting the procurement decision makers as part of that ecosystem. So that's one of the real critical issues of what we do at all of our events. But VETS really shows that in earnest with the number and quality of people that we bring down that interact. Not to mention the large primes, like I've said, and not just large primes, but the other veteran-owned and non-veteran-owned small businesses that happen to be very successful and are primes on many of the big IDIQs, T4NG, Oasis, Polaris. We can go down the whole litany, right, of these companies that are on these prime vehicles and have access to dollars and are looking to help other veteran companies grow and get access as subs, as JV partners, as mentor protégés. That's what happens at the VETS conference, those types of connections and growth. There's a young lady named Carla Stefani, Air Force vet, owns a small company out of Colorado. Two years ago, she stood up in the general session and said, this is my last hurrah. This is my only chance. I came here. I got a scholarship from NVSBC. If this doesn't pan out, I'm done. I got to shut my company down. I don't know what to do. She said that to Phil Christie on the main stage in our general session. Phil Christie said, come see me afterwards. Those of you who don't know, Phil Christie's the number two procurement official at the VA, a very powerful guy, but also a very dedicated veteran and veteran supporter. Guess what? Carla's on contracts now. Carla's closed that loop and is continuing to grow. All because she came, she had the stones to stand up and convey her challenges and concerns and get herself in front of some of the most impactful people that can make a difference for her company. And in one session, made a huge difference for Carla and makes a huge difference for yeah. everybody. Yeah. I always tell people when you go to a conference, it may be one thing you learn or one connection. That's all you need. You just need one, but you need a plan, right? Mm -hmm. You need a plan of, hey, this is what I'm looking for. This is who I'm planning on talking to. You need to look at what is going on in the agenda and see, hey, what sessions am I going to attend versus what sessions am I just going to skip out on and focus on networking right. and meeting with people. It may not be that you need to attend every single session that's there. It may be that you need to meet with someone's there and it's going on during some sessions. Exactly. And that's when they can meet. And that's when you need to do it. I also look at the meetings after the meeting right? Where everything is kind of over. It's five o'clock and then there's stuff going on in the evenings. And there's a lot of people who are very introverted and just go back to their hotel or they're like, Hey, I'm in Orlando. Let me go to whatever. Right. Yeah. But there's a lot that happens after that meeting where you wind up in a bar, in a restaurant, there's 20 people from government there. And next thing you know, somebody's introducing you to somebody. I know you guys have a relationship with Make of America and Krista Williams over there is one of those connectors yep. where Krista and I met at a conference one time and I bet it was 15 minutes. She introduced me to 30 people like, oh, I got to introduce you to this person and this person and this person and this person. And so sometimes it, if you're the introvert, it's finding somebody who's an extrovert yeah. who wants to introduce you and having a connector like that where she doesn't have an agenda. 
She just wants to introduce yeah. you to people. Those people are there. They're willing to have a conversation and you never know where that's going to go. For me, when I'm looking at a conference for my clients, I'm always saying, hey, yeah, look at the education, but are your target agencies going to be there? That's yep. one of the things. And then two, are there good teaming partners there? And if you can hit those two things, yep. that's probably a good conference for you to be at. And regardless of whether you're a veteran or not, I, I'm glad you mentioned that because a lot of people think that these events are only for the status that's in the name of the no, event. Oh, yeah. it's a veteran thing. You got to be a vet. It's a hub zone. You got to be hub yeah. zone. That's just not the case. You can meet a lot of veterans who you can partner yeah. with and get a lot of good education. I think it's really important for people to understand you don't have to be a veteran to attend this, to sponsor it, to have a booth, all those different things. You just have to want to get involved in the community. Exactly, and Mike. That, and that's about all there is to it. You're so spot on. And, and we're actually seeing a surge in non-veteran memberships at NVSBC precisely because of that, because they have an interest in serving. If all we're doing is navel gazing at each other because we're all veteran-owned companies, what are the opportunities for growth? It requires the full ecosystem. Right. And people are other than veterans are becoming more aware of that, we need to be more open to making sure they know that there's a place for them at any one of these events. So I really appreciate that. Two other things that I harp on all the time. So, you know, I know there are people who are listening to this, veterans, hey, most of us are introverts, okay? Like it or not, at the heart of it, most of us are introverts. And it's really hard for us to go out. We don't spend four or 40 years in the military being taught how to go out and interact with people and network and sell ourselves and all this stuff. That is hard and it's absolutely necessary. And I can't tell you how many times I, I sit in front of a small groups at training programs and talking with veterans who are just entering. And their idea is, is that going out to dinner or interacting over a drink is time wasted. I'd rather be at my desk working on my business. And I will tell you, having that drink, eating lunch, having the breakfast is working on your business. Absolutely. And, and you got to force yourself out of that comfort that lack of comfort. And that's, again, what I'm so proud of is I can go and I do all the time, go to our regional events, our dinners, our DC dinner, our conference and meet somebody. Or I meet them, they reach out to me on LinkedIn and we share a 30 minute call and I say, well, come to this and we'll talk. So I have enough knowledge about what they're interested in or what their needs are. I can look at any one of my board members, just at the board members, let alone everybody else who's there and say, hey, Rob, this is uh, Mike. This is what Mike does. Can you go introduce him to some people and show him how to network? Every one of them will take him by the hand and they'll walk out at the end of the day and I'll get a thank you of us. There's no personal interest. They're not trying to get something out of somebody. They're just trying to help another veteran. That's what's very unique about our community. And that's the kind of thing. But you got to put some time into it. So that's my final point that you hit on. Preparation for these conferences is key. If you pay the price, you fly in, you haven't looked at anything, haven't prepared yourself, you're not doing the proper amount of research. This is getting your master's degree. You got to do the homework. You got to get prepared so that when you go there, we like to say about the VETS conference, in three days, you can do six months of business development at one of these conferences. Yeah. But business development requires research, understanding the market, understanding who the players are, who the decision makers are, how to get access to them. If you haven't done that homework, you're not going to be as fulfilled as you could be. 100%. And one of my favorite sayings from the Army was, we fight like we train. Yeah. 
if you don't train, then you're going to show up and not do anything. Yeah. So before that conference, you've got to do some homework. And I equate it to training. We're training, we're prepping. So well that when said. we show up, we know what to do. Even if that means I don't know how to network. Okay, so go to a dinner or a restaurant or something. And have a conversation with a waiter. That's somebody you don't know. Ask them, hey, tell me about what's your favorite thing on the menu. And Oh, how long have you been working here? Just being able to do something simple. Like if you're scared to death to do that, a simple night out having dinner, and then you can put it on the company credit card, right? Um, <laughs> is a training event yeah. that you can do just to prep yourself for coming. It's not just, oh, who's coming? What skills do I need? How do I need to be prepared for this so that it goes well? I'll even do role plays with clients where I'll say, I'm some guy at a thing. Walk up and give me your pitch and I'll evaluate it for yep. you. We do that with clients with all the time and like, hey, you were really nervous there or hey, you cut me off and walked away, <laughs> you know, just based on your tone and your body language and things like that. I'll give you one tip that I have for a lot of people, especially the introverts. You extroverts, you got this. You probably can just tune out right now. <laughs> but if you're an introvert, what you don't realize most of the time is that you're only an introvert when you're in situations you're uncomfortable with. Yeah. When you're with what I would call my people, my family's always like, Dad, what's going on with you? You've nonstop been talking to this person and that. I was like, those are my people. And I enjoy those conversations and all that. I may need to go take a nap afterwards, but I enjoy yeah. that because those are my people. And once you get around your people, which are often other veterans, other business owners, and you start speaking the same language, all of a sudden you come out of yeah. your shell. So if you're an introvert and you're like, I don't want to go to the conference because I'm nervous about it, that's going to fade away as soon as you find your handful yeah. of yep. people. You just haven't done it yet to and know I, that's, that's a great, what's going to happen. A great insight. And I would tell anybody who's listening to this, if you're not sure how to structure, how to make that introduction, call us. We'll schedule you for a consultation. Yeah. We'll put you on the phone with somebody like Mike or Josh or any one of the number of volunteers that we have that know how to do this that will help talk you through that in preparation for your next conference. Schedule a meeting with one of us and tell us you're coming. We'll find a way to link you up with somebody that can help you get out of that shell. Because, Mike, I'm with you. I'm, I'm a rabid introvert. People are surprised by that. And it, again, it's because when I'm with my tribe, I don't seem like it. They're like, no way. I'm exhausted when it's right. done. Like you said, I need a nap. But yeah. that first five, 10 minutes in a new place, you're at a decision point. You can engage and create a new part of your tribe and succeed, or you can sit there and be miserable for 45 minutes or three days because you haven't engaged with somebody. I love it. I'm with you 100%. We didn't talk about this before the show, but maybe we'll talk about it afterwards, or if you don't like the idea, we'll just cut it out. <laughs> but maybe what we do, I'd be willing, and I know Josh would be willing to do like a structured, but also Q&A a couple of months before the conference, maybe, where we just talk about like how to engage people at a conference to get yeah. the most out of it. That might be something interesting that we could structure. That's a great you know, idea because I, I equate it to the same thing as doing market research for to, to find the, the three agencies you want to engage with, but it's just, it's a different approach to kind of the same thing. Would love to do that. And, and you know, Mike, one of the programs that I failed to mention that I know we're getting close to our time here is I've talked a lot about in-person stuff and it's hard to get to Huntsville, Alabama or Washington, D.C. if you're living in yeah. Washington State. One of my biggest challenges that keeps me awake at night is being able to reach people who are farther out there, who aren't where we are, because we want to be support. And we have an ongoing virtual training series called the Charlie Mike Continue Mission, right? 
Charlie Mike training series that hangs on our YouTube channel. There are hundreds of hours of content about everything you could imagine. Even our access to capital, once it's over, will be hanging on our YouTube channel. Free to anybody who wants it. That might even be an avenue for us to prep and have out there, not just for Vets Conference, but how to prepare for a conference and get it out there so everybody can have access. But for those of you who can't travel or just trying to get your company off the ground and don't have the money to spend, I would say you got to spend money to make money. So come when you can. But the reality is, is sometimes you just don't have the money. Check out that free YouTube channel at our website and learn. There are hundreds of hours. Josh is on there. Soon to be Mike is going to be on there. I can guarantee you. You'll recognize a lot of faces on there of experts in GovCon across the nation. That's awesome. I look forward to supporting it in any way that you need me to. We're here to help. Thank you for coming on and talking about this today. I'll have a link in the description of the podcast where people can go to register for the conference. It's one of the top conferences that I recommend people go to, whether you're a veteran or not. Thank you for coming on, Scott. Thanks, Mike. If if anybody needs anything, www.nvsbc.org. Couldn't be easier. Reach out to us. We want to make sure we're responsive. The conference, the registration's open. Exhibiting and sponsorship's been open. Don't miss the opportunity because your your competitors are going to be there. I can guarantee it. That's right. And it's just get it's going to get harder to get in yeah, the longer yeah, you Yeah, we're enjoying sure a series of success where possible. everything we're doing is selling out. So this is your warning. Don't awesome. miss the opportunity. Hey, thanks, thanks Mike. God. I really appreciate okay, it. All the best to you all. I really hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, I would really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe to the podcast and screenshot it and tag me on LinkedIn or whatever social media you use. So thank you again for joining us today and we'll see you next time.